2: The best yes. uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. here's the thing? You can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars, rain bubble frogs. Just like Buck and say, you in trouble, y'all. Check the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop one hand. And Patrick Trust it's five, have the guts. we here to bring the heat, y'all can hang
3: it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to Five on the Floor, the latest edition of post-game Five on the Floor. Tonight's floor plan, I am your host, Greg Sylvander. With me on Five on the Floor is Alex Toledo. You can follow him on Twitter at Tropical Blanket and Brady Hawk. You can follow him on Twitter at BradyHawk305. We are going to do a little bit of a dive. I am not going to call it a deep dive because I am not about to uh, subject myself to this for too long. But uh, the Heat, we're going to get into the loss up in Toronto. One twenty-one ninety-seven 97 is the final score. It was ugly. It was really ugly. Like, I don't know how much I even want to go into this. We should even end the show right now. And that would probably be equivalent to the effort that we saw in the first exactly. half. Exactly. Um, And so, so let's just start by acknowledging that. Uh, So we're going to dive into all that, but before we do, uh, I do want to call out that we have our off the floor Discord server, and it's blowing up currently because everybody wants to find the right trade. Uh, you can find up to—I um, I don't even know how many channels we have now—but it's uh, it's reaching double digits. But the ones that are the most fun is our main thing chat, also our trades chat. It's a lot of fun. You can interact with other Heat fans twenty-four-seven. It's two ninety-nine on desktop, three ninety-nine if you have an iPhone. Uh, And you want to do it from your phone, but you definitely want to check out off the floor. It's our discord. It's pinned to all of our Twitter pages, myself included. Uh, We're always tweeting about it, but you also can find it in the description of this show. So check out off the floor. And that's it. We're leaving because that's about as much as the heat's effort was tonight. No. So um, 121.97. Alex, we were on playback. So we've uh, and Brady was there as well. We, we've talked a little bit about this, but is Gary Trent Jr. a um, I, he's not a scrub. So is he just is he a heat killer at this point? Yep. And then your opening remarks for tonight's game.
3: He is. I mean, he's certified. He's done it before. And it's the exact type of guy who kills you. And it wasn't just him tonight. Like R.J. Barrett got to 26. Scotty Barnes only having 20 points to me. I I felt like he had 40, but it really was because of the way that him and the others on the Raptors were just kind of marching, parading, you might say, to the rim all game long because, man, that defense was terrible. That was sickening. And it's funny because I feel like the last two post-game pods, or at least I I wasn't on the the Hornets one since we were at the game, but I've left saying, like, man, there was some bad basketball played. This was a whole different level, man. Like, when it just comes to the Heat, right, because last game it was more about both teams kind of stinking it up for a good portion of the game, but the Heat stunk it up tonight. Like, it was just – that was some of the most atrocious defense I've seen all season, which is just annoying because it felt like they were kind of finding their their identity there and in, re, in, you know, recent games it felt like they were defending better even with, like, the – terrible offensive basketball played recently the, the the defense it felt like it was starting to find itself and shape into form a little bit you know you've got your best players back and we we spent all season long talking about how jimmy bam and tyler have only played six games together man after tonight i don't know if i want to see them play together for again I mean, no, I'm, <laughs> play, I'm, I'm obviously messing around but it's just like that was just such a shit effort i'm sorry to curse i try not to do that on this pod but that's really what it comes down to it's hard to get it to more than that like the heat very much have a way that they want to beat you. And we've talked about it ad nauseum for years when it comes to like, they want to take away the rim. They want to make you shoot kind of semi contested threes that aren't necessarily super clean. That wasn't, that was completely like what did not occur tonight. The Raptors were just making their way into the paint seemingly without the much resistance at all. Like, for, for a big portion of this game. And then they got on fire from three because they kept generating, generating wide open looks. And then I was talking about on playback, like, yeah, the second half there was, there was bound to be some regression from the Raptors because they were 14 of 22 from three in the first half. And the heat were one of 16, which is obviously just a huge ginormous gap that there was going to be some, some sort of middle ground found, but um, you can't even like, and the regression came a little bit in the third quarter. Like the Raptors yeah. were on fire from three in the third quarter. The problem is you were down by so much that regression came and you were still down by like 20 or whatever it was at the third quarter. Oh. That's how pissed for your defense was that even regression couldn't save you. Right. Like they got to 14 of 22 in the first place from three because of how bad their defense was. And man, it was, I just can't emphasize enough how bad it was. And it's not one person. And look, I was not. Like, and I'm sure we're gonna get into this, but uh on future shows, I wasn't a fan of the starting lineup heading into the game. I, I would, I wanted to keep mm-hmm. seeing you play with another point of attack wing. I can't even blame it on that tonight. Like, it, it started off with them for sure, but it just continued no matter what lineup was out there. And it's like I still feel the same that I would like to go back to the the, the bigger lineup. And I think Kyle at this point should be sent to the bench. I don't know why he he. They, they feel the need to keep him as a starter. I don't think he's proven himself as somebody who needs to be in that starting lineup this season. Regardless of that, the effort from everybody was terrible tonight. Everybody. And it wasn't 100% of the game, but it, it felt like it wasn't that far off from 100%. Like, I just thought it was an all-around piss-poor effort. And I know that wasn't very, like, X's and O's heavy or even It, it shouldn't heavy. be. That's, it's what
2: That's what I saw. No, no, because what what we saw transcends is it transcends X's X's and O's. Excuse me, uh, Brady. We we talked a little bit about it on playback about the starts of these games and that we we harp on closing lineups. And you said you articulated this beautifully. So if I'm paraphrasing and quoting Brady, but it, so if I get it wrong, correct me. But we we get all hung up on what the closing lineup's going to be, but you you need to get to the closing lineup first right so the the opening lineups do matter because the domino effect of the entire game and it just seems like off our defensively early in this one they were disconnected as hell do you foresee them doing something different early in games maybe is it a substitution pattern is it a starting lineup change what do you think that they can do differently early in these games that maybe can just fortify them so that they're not um in a slugfest, a cement battle, not even a, a slug fest or a mud, mud fight, but a cement battle. Um, or, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's yeah. a situation where they, how can they get out of that early in games?
1: I think they do need a starting lineup shift. Like that's, that's kind of the point I'm at. And it's not even overreacting to this one game. Like I said before, this is a multiple game thing. This is, this is a bigger sample size than this. And just because, and I said this on playback as well, just because they won that Brooklyn game shouldn't make them as positive and confident as maybe you, you would think. Like I think they're, the, the problems that occurred, you can't just throw out the window just because they made that comeback. And it was the same thing here. Like even if – like let's just say the impossible happened and they made this comeback tonight. We we still needed to have the discussion that needed to be had of the inconsistencies and the stuff that's happening to start quarters. And it, it's happened all year and I've literally talked – like players have talked about it. And I've talked about it with Tyler where he, I asked him about it before – about the start of third quarter specifically. I didn't even bring up the first quarter because it was at the point of the season when the third quarter was just kept happening over and over coming out of halftime. he's like, well, if it's not the third quarter, it's the first quarter. And it's become a trend. Like it's always been one of those things where they're coming out slow. And it's at the point now where you're saying, yeah, starting lineups don't matter as much as closing lineups. Like that's always been the case. They're so, like, okay, it doesn't matter that much, but at some point it does matter. At some point it does matter because you have to you can't just be losing and trailing every game at the start of the quarter and say, Well, we have our lineup we're gonna get to eventually. Like that that that's not the point here. The okay, can you when you up-
3: start the quarter, I mean you got outscored in the first quarter 18 to 41.
1: <sighs> yeah, and, and today was just a totally you know a totally different scenario, like even and then they responded by getting outscored in the second quarter by 12. Which exactly so to your point earlier, this isn't a starting lineup issue tonight specifically because it blended into a bunch of different lineups. But this is a rhythm game and, and things happen in the domino effect that, that Greg mentioned can happen in a basketball game where if, you, if you're kind of sluggish to start a game, it's not mm-hmm. easy for this bench group to come in and find a rhythm immediately. You're playing off those same guys. So it's it's just tough to see. So as I said before, I think they're, you're at the point now where you need to start evaluating a starting lineup shift. Now the question becomes, where is that coming from? Because we've heard the talk about, who is the starting four? There's been the talk about Kyle Lowry. There's been all these different scenarios that's being thrown out there. I just think that at this point, first of all, we we another thing we talked about on, on playback, Red that we went back and forth about is the point guard thing where they we always say they don't have a point guard. Essentially, they have two right now in the starting lineup, like mm-hmm. quote unquote, and neither of them are high volume shooters. Neither of them are high volume scorers. They're both looking to kind of play that role, and one of them. Doesn't even really have the ball in his hands that much. So you're at a scenario now where it feels like if you're going to kind of plug this in, as Alex said before, putting a point of attack, bigger wing in there. As we've seen, I don't even remember. Was it one game or two? We've seen it. We we saw it for for a small sample size there, where uh, it looked pretty good. So I just think the scenario, Alex, were you what were you jumping to say? I I'm, I was muted for a second.
3: I was going to say it was one game with Tyler and one game with Duncan, if I remember correctly, with that line. Right.
1: So they've done it before, and it's not something we're accustomed to seeing, I guess, in Miami. But I think at this point in the season where you can tinker and you have your top-end talent available, this is the time to do it because, as I said before as well, we don't know when when one of these top guys are going to go out again yeah. and, and miss another stretch of games. So if you want to figure out your problem with your main guys playing, you better figure it out now. And then you can mess around, and then when you have guys out, you could put Kyle in or Jovich in or – Anybody in that you want at that point. But right now, I think you need to figure out a rhythm. So I I think it's time to start evaluating that.
2: Speaking of rhythm... Let's go to the Rock Esports Gamer of the Night.
1: And now on 5 on the floor, it's
0: time for the Gamer of the Night sponsored by Rock Esports Center, the place to eat, drink and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them, located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay. They've got a 5500 square foot state of the art center equipped with all the high end power play all day passes available for just 25 bucks, but if you mention five reasons it's just $20. So mention 5 Reasons or 5 RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now, the Gamer of the Night.
2: Before we get into the Gamer of the Night, need to give a major shout out. We got a watch party coming up in the tournament. Alex, tell them about it.
3: Damn it, you put me on the spot. We've got a watch party and two-game tournament coming up. I was trying to quickly refer to um, the flyer here because I uh, forgot the date. But the Rock Gamer of the Night in the meantime
2: is Gary, is Gary Trent. Strang. Eight of nine. This guy, I almost gave it away earlier. He was in an absolute rhythm, killed the Heat from start to finish, 10 of 13 from the field, 28 points. It could have been RJ Barrett. It could have been Emmanuel Quickly. He almost had a triple double. It could have been Scotty Barnes. There were plenty of guys that killed Miami, but Gary Trent Jr. led the charge. He is the Rock Esports Gamer of the Night.
0: For no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash
2: Miami Heat. And now with those tournament and watch party details.
3: Yes, sir. So the watch party is going to be on January 27th. He at Knicks and that game is starting at three o'clock. So uh, we're we're trying to make it easier for you guys uh, to kind of head over there and give you enough time. And not only that, even better, um, the two K tournament. Since the game starts at three, it'll be ending around five thirty. The two K tournament will is set to start around six. That's so dope. you know it's going to be in the middle of the day. Um, I think it's going to be easier for you guys to come out there. We've been we were trying to make sure to get kind of like a weekend game or something that we get in the middle of the day. Um, and that is on a Saturday. So, again, January 27th, Saturday, uh, go to Rock Esports Center. Sorry, I'm, like, trying to get these details off the flyer. And basically, if you want to just come and hang out, watch the game with us, it's free. Like, you don't have to pay anything. You can just hang out, watch the game. There will be snacks. There will be food. There will be drinks um, sold over there. And if you want to enter the 2K tournament, we brought down the entry fee. It's now $15. All of that goes to the pot, to the cash prize. Not only that, today we got Ethan to kind of, you know, up the pot a little bit. He's going to throw down a $50 cash prize on top of, you know, the entry fee pot. And there's going to be a second place prize as well. So we're just trying to kind of, you know, spice it up spice it up a little bit for you guys, make it a little bit more interesting. And I plan to get first place. I I got second place last time. I, I made some progress. So you want to make sure you win this money and not me. Come out to Rocky Sports Center. Or not just watch Alex, the game with them.
2: Alex, you would have won that money at the last one now that they've extended the prize pot. But yeah, you better bring your bring your A game out there. You're all lucky I ain't a gamer no more. I just send my son out there. He'll, he'll um, run it on y'all. Um, okay, so... I don't really want to talk about this game a lot more because it was an awful display of Heat basketball, but we are going to run through a few other things here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Josh Richardson because I think that this is – we're getting to a point here where the ups and the downs to me, um, it's unbelievable to see the stark difference between when Josh is playing well and what that looks like and when Josh is not playing well. And some of the shooting, I think, impacts other parts of his game. Do either of you think I'm overreacting to Josh's recent shooting impacting other parts of his game? Am I singling out Josh Richardson? Or either of you as concerned as I am recently about his uneven play?
1: I mean, I would say this is pretty much what you should expect like I think what you would have expected like he's a player that has two different sides to him like he's a guy that can get hot and be streaky and and kind of find a rhythm but when he's not it could be a little ugly at times that's what we've seen at different stretches of this season and that's why I don't know if it's overreacting or not I just think this is kind of the expectation of his game and not why there's there's certain questions that we're going to have of what does his minutes look like if any in the in a you know a certain playoff rotation. Like, are they kind of squeezing him in? Is he a guy that's kind of subbing in on the back end on, in, in certain matchups? That's kind of where I think they're going to be at because they're at the point now where they're playing a lot of their wings and bigs as guards that they don't need a, just because he's a guard. They don't need him just to play that position. Especially, stops, yeah, he's not even he's not even really generating a ton of assists. Like, it's not like he's playing that position. He's just kind of out there in this positionless system. So if he's not shooting well, if he's not having that rhythm he's a guy that you kind of have to cut his leash. And I think the question tonight more so was the minutes <laughs> that people were discussing because he was at, you know, 23 minutes, but off the bench, like that's it, they didn't cut his leash at all. Like they just kind of let him keep going. And that's always been a, as part of his game as well. I feel like, like he's not somebody that's going to shy away from, to keep shooting. Like if he's inefficient, like, I think even last game he was three for 13. Like he kept, he keeps getting the ball up. He keeps kind of getting those opportunities. And it's at the point now where he's, sort of the guy in certain lineups that's getting helped off of. So he's kind of forced to take a lot of those shots, but he's going to have to start making them consistently. So we'll see what happens. But in a one-game sample size, I don't know if we'll overreact, but I think in the long run, there are certain things to evaluate and see You know where he's going to fit in the rotation-wise.
2: That, that's kind of where I was going because you look at him. He has one assist in the last three games. He was 2 of 7 from the field tonight, 3 of 13 or 3 of 10. So 3 of 13 over in Brooklyn. So it's just that that jumped off the page to me is just Josh having one of those downturns. Um, But the other guy that I thought was better tonight, Alex was Caleb Martin. He played a lot of a more efficient game. He looked like he was rounding back into form. I know that that is lost amongst when you lose by this much, nobody wants to hear anything good happen. But I think Caleb Martin was one of the few bright spots. Uh, Did you like what you saw from him? Well, kind of what were your thoughts on Caleb Martin's night?
3: I mean, you know what? Like, he was okay, And that's about as much as I can say, because it's like, like you said before, it's just hard to give anybody too much credit um, when you really just got roundly beat like that, roundly just destroyed. And, you know, yeah, like he finished four or five. He gave you five assists. That's good stuff. You know, like. We, we can point to something good from tonight, I guess. But yeah, man. Like, I just can't take away much from it when, like, your best three players each give you sixteen points. And you know me, I'm not one to just talk about raw points or anything like that. But like, I, I thought overall it was just a bad effort. And you know, when 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 their defense is not in place, I don't believe in their offense. That's kind of what it comes down to. I, I've I've hinted at it before, but I felt like some of their offensive, um efficiency and production was kind of fluky and i've fought against that narrative whenever it's been brought up in the past for the heat in their playoff runs but i do think like in this regular season they've started off shooting really well from three and we're still middle of the pack in offense right and like we know what they do in the mid-range they they were still doing it high volume high efficiency for the most part weren't expecting them to be like a good finishing team or, or get, getting to the rim much like no, none of us expected that so with those circumstances right and and, and a decent record you think okay their offense is a little better than than, than we expected it to be no I mean middle of the pack with just about everything going right and look and, and I saw a stat today that was about their shot quality they were kind of in the in the bottom five I want to say in three point shot quality but we're in the yeah. top like two in percentage. Some of that just doesn't scream sustainability. Like what, and, and that—that's and relevant to tonight, by the way, and relevant to last game because they started off both games shooting nothing from three. Like, and I mean, uh, just as far as makes. And I know I'm all over the place here, but it's was just saying, like, they started tonight. What was it, one of sixteen from three? Yeah. Uh, and then the first half, last game, oh of twelve from three, if I remember correctly. When that three is not falling, and sometimes when their offense is just really like it's it's. It becomes not going well there. And Jimmy has said this so many times throughout the years, but there's been times throughout the, throughout the years here where when their defense is not, I mean, their offense is not there and they're not making shots or a decent amount of shots. Their defensive effort kind of falls along, you know, it goes along the wayside too. It's just, that can't be, that can't be happening. You're not talented enough to play that game. And I get it. Like it's three games of four nights, all of that, you know, like there's something to be said about that, but, Really, I can't. I can't. I can't even talk about that. Like your effort from the start was terrible tonight, and then you followed it up with another bad quarter. And it's just like, how bad did you really want it? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. No, it's tonight was a game where I think we you all felt like Terrence. You
3: stop crying. That's that's what it felt like.
2: Yeah. I wanted to turn the TV off early. I'm gonna be honest because the effort's coming out. And um, let's go to the A aggressive play of the night.
0: And now it's time for the Insurance by Lynette Play of the Night. Sponsored by insurance by Lynette.com and A Aggressive Insurance Agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954 581 8800 That's nine five four-five eight one eighty-eight hundred. Or insurance by lynette.com. That's insurance with two N's, two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowners insurance condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program, reach out to Lynette at insurancebylynette.com.
2: So there's only one meaningful, uh, and meaningful is going too far. Noteworthy play that I can remember from the heat tonight. And Bam Adebayo was the one who did it. It was very early in the game. So I didn't know how quite bad it was going to get, uh, but he had a little, um, he had the ball at the top of the key Had a little shoulder fake, the little shimmy fake, got to the basket and dunked it. I don't even remember the time stamp because to give them a. He cut
1: the lead to 30, cut the lead to 35, I think. Cut the lead to
2: 35. It was one of those. It felt like that. It would be that Bam Adebayo dunk. I'm also biased when I pick the Bam Adebayo plays, but that's okay. No ceiling. No ceiling. Uh, And let's, you know what? Back to back, let's do the Eric Rubenstein injury report.
0: And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney, born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein, again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now...
2: The injury report. The injury report's cleaning up, and that's what made tonight so disconcerting to me. Um, Really, it's K Love and it's Jaime Jacques Jr. Everyone else is ready to roll. Um, And so the fact that that's where we are with it being this clean, um, that is what makes me walk away from this game feeling pretty disconcerted is that your injury report can be that quickly. I literally did it for you in two sentences. I don't expect Kevin Love to be back on this trip. Neither do I expect Jaime Jaquez. But I will reiterate to everybody that he still expects to be able to participate in the dunk contest. So we feel good about that. Um, That's your injury report. That's your play of the night. Let's get to final thoughts in a night where Miami shot six of 28 from three. That's 21%. Toronto shot 20 of 38 from 3. That's almost 53%. Miami was out-rebounded 45-37 and lost the turnover battle 14 to 10. Brady, final thoughts.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a tough scenario. We I think we've hit on both the issues on on kind of both sides of the ball. Felt like the offense was bleeding into the defense, but I mean, Spose said he wanted games in the mud. And like it was this. muddy. It was muddy for them. Like, let's just say that like the the game was in the mud. The team was in the mud. Like, the only way you're gonna get a game in the mud like it was last year is if you defend at a high level and make up for the missed shots. So I feel like it's and look, and I don't want to make this all about the starting lineup thing, but you're not getting a game in the mud with that starting lineup. You're just not. That that's just not the Good the point. style you're playing. The only if you're gonna run that lineup out there, you better be playing out of the break. You better be scoring. Uh, <laughs> you better be playing a fast style. Like it's just, it's just a certain, it's just a certain style of basketball that you have to lean into with that lineup. So if you want to get games in the mud, which they need to right now with the way the offense is is looking, you better start playing more defenders and playing into that into that style a little bit more. So I'm curious to see if they do it. They head back home obviously for this for this UD game, the retirement game, so that they'll be trying to get the vibes back up. Yeah, maybe maybe in the midst of the all this UD chatter. They slip in a starting lineup shift. They just try to make it real sneaky, where where maybe it doesn't get talked about a lot. And all of a sudden, Kyle Lowry's coming off the bench tonight. Hey. Well, wait, Ud's jersey's getting retired at halftime. Wait, that that's the story of the night. So hey, I'm just I'm just saying, let's look out for it.
2: They created diversion. I like that Brady. That's very Miami Heat like. Yep. Uh, yep. I, I like where you're, how you're thinking there, Alex. Final thoughts.
3: Is there a better night to do that than? Eudonis Haslam's retirement ceremony. I mean, yep. Jersey retirement ceremony, like the guy who sacrificed everything, right? Like, right? Kyle, you got <laughs> if, like, think about all the sacrifices made throughout history, right? We don't even got to go through them. Just, just off of Udonis, right? You can, you can come up with a little list there. And he's talked about it on his pod with Mike Miller. And Lowry, like I said, there's just no reason for him to be stapled into the starting lineup as if we haven't seen him be a productive bench player in the past where like you just yep. come in, you, you, you help organize some of those other guys there. you be, you'd be getting hakes and love. And I mean, playing with other good players still, but there's just no reason to have him in the starting lineup anymore. I really, I, it's not just about Kyle. Like I feel like I've been pretty fair to him since they've had him about what he, what he can and can't do. I just, yeah. I don't see the reason, um, For keeping him in, and when all their all their actions are still like being run through their best players, Kyle is literally just a ball mover out there, and Yovich can do that at six eleven, and actually wants to be out there. And and look, I don't I don't mean to sound like I don't want to be disrespectful. Like I'm not saying that none of these guys aren't trying, okay? But it's just like for tonight, it felt like that for Kyle, for Jimmy, for Love, and to different degrees. I'm not going to categorize them all in the same in the same. Boat there but it's a marathon more so for them because they really are just trying to be healthy by the playoffs so why are we doing this thing where Lowry's in the starting lineup getting a lot of minutes meanwhile you have this Jovich kid who is like you know good at the same things he is much taller and needs to be developed like he clearly he is not polished yet and he's shown you good stuff and showed you you know some stuff tonight not everything was great um, specifically the finishing but that's a, that's just a team problem as well but what I'm saying is like I just don't see the need for Kyle to be in the starting lineup. I, I I think, you know, you're not a team that has a lot to depend on offensively. So I would just kind of lean into the defense, play a little bit bigger and really lean into your uh, defensive identity. And I feel like that's something that they would agree with is like, we're not going to win games without playing defense. And that's what, Brady was referring to with in the mud. It's like, it's the wrong type of mud, like the complete, (laughs) the complete wrong type of mud. That's not, that's not what Spolster meant at all. And I I don't have to hear him talk to know that. So, like, look, the, the defensive effort from start to finish was terrible. And then, honestly, outside of the three point shooting stuff that I hit on before and how big that gap was, the Heat still can't finish at the rim, whether in half court or in transition. And that's a problem. They can't generate easy points. They can't. They can't generate no easy points. So it's like, you know that they're going to take a lot of middies, and most nights they're going to hit them at a high enough rate. That you can feel good about. They can, they get to the free throw line pretty well when their team is healthy. You can feel good about those things. They don't turn over the ball. You can feel good about that offensively. Other than that, it's just like when they do get to the rim, tonight they got up 33 shots at the rim. That's a fantastic number normally. But it's just yeah. all like, yes. They shot 19. Well, and they were
2: three. trading twos for threes,
3: yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's a, the math problem there. When you're hitting one three in the first half and they hit 14, that's tough to overcome. Uh, but you know what? It's even tougher to overcome when you're shooting 57 within four feet of the rim, man. And that's been a problem all season long. They, they, and, and it's not the only season in the gym here. like they're constantly at the bottom and finishing at the rim, constantly at the bottom at getting to the rim. So, what does that tell you? When the three isn't falling, like their offense is probably not going to be enough. Lean into the defense. That's all I'm saying.
2: Hopefully they lean into the defense as they head back to Miami for the game against Atlanta, Udonis Haslam's retirement ceremony, because UD will not be happy if they play leaky defense against Atlanta. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Brady. Thank you to Alex. Ethan will be back to uh, cover that game as well as have you uh, taken care of on the off day in between. I appreciate believe we did a half hour on this. We appreciate our sponsors. We appreciate our listeners. Peace out.
1: Done.